Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Folks, today we have Dr. K back. We had a number of questions from his last episode, so we wanted to get him back on. We're going to start with a follow-up from that episode on different emotional challenges folks face upon retirement. And as a quick reminder, we talked about people honestly retiring and being bored. We talked about people procrastinating once they retire and getting the tasks done or the things that they thought they would get done. And then a big one is people losing their purpose, right? So after that, stick around because we're going to get into, and this is a timely piece here, uh, some reasons why people don't stick to their New Year's resolutions. And some of you may have already fallen off that. Maybe we can get you back on. And then some tips if you're still doing it to make sure that you still stay up with that and and, and keep on going with those resolutions. So Dr. K, how are you, sir? I am doing fantastic, Dave. How are you? I'm <laughs> doing great. Happy New Year by the time this comes out. Happy so. New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> so yeah, let's get back into the episode on the uh, the, the retirement. And uh, I know, again, we had a lot of questions. So just add in some things and I'm sure people will reach, be reaching out to us again. But add in whatever you wanted to add into those those points we made last time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, it was perfect timing too, because since we did that episode and and uh, and we're talking today, I uh, got an opportunity to to speak in front of a group of executives, and some of them were in that phase of looking at the next chapter. And we had a pretty good conversation about about this very topic. And a few more things came to my mind. And so when when you had uh, when you had the follow up questions, I thought, hey, you know what? This would be great for us to do this. One of the key things is just reconnecting with ourselves and understanding what are the things that we love to do for no good reason at all that we don't have to justify to anybody, I'll pose it in different ways. What are the things that you love to do? And I would highly recommend, by the way, journaling about this. Write it out by hand because you're going to activate different parts of your brain and in many ways tap into your subconscious a little bit more by writing it down by hand. But anyway, take out a journal, write these down. What do you love to do for no good reason at all? How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. What do you love to do? What are the things that you do that make you feel the most like you? Whatever that means to you, right? What are the things you do that make you feel the most like you? What are the things that you do that make you feel the most alive? You know, that feeling that you get in your body when you're doing something absolutely enjoyable. And one way to think about this is, you know, you ever watch children or ourselves when we were children, right? They don't need a reason to be happy. They don't need a reason to play. They don't need a reason because that's inherently who we are. And as we grew up through this world, there's factors that have suppressed our inner creativity, our inner joy, right? And when we step into retirement, instead of living a reflection of that world, if we can tap into some of the things that made us just joyful children, it, what would be the evolution of that person at this age? What would that look like? What are the things that make you feel the most alive? So another way you can look at it is, what are some of the things that you used to love to do that maybe you never got around to. Maybe it was you started a family or you know your career got really busy and after a while it was just, it had been so long that you thought, okay, and, and all the reasons, right? I'm too old for this. I don't, my body can't handle this anymore or my, my, my mind can't 
you know, I can't learn the same way. These are all stories that we tell ourselves. Now, I'm not saying go run an ultra marathon if you haven't gone to the gym yet in like 10 years, but nonetheless, you can work your way up to, you know, more fitness and strength and all those things. But, you know, some of the things that keep our mind sharp as we age it are using different skills that we haven't used in a long time. If you ever wanted to learn a new language, you know, you can, by doing that, you are going to, it's almost like uh, you, using a muscle is going to make it stronger. You're not going to make the muscle stronger by not using it. And it's the same thing with training our minds to problem solve, be creative, et cetera. And so when we can just tap into it with no expectations of the outcome, but just because it's fun, right? Maybe you always wanted to learn, let's say French, right? Could you go to France and spend a month or two there and just immerse yourself to learn that way? Do you have the time and resources to be able to do things like that? That might sound a little crazy, but why not? Wouldn't the younger version of you once upon a time have said, of course we could do that when we grow up, right? Those are the things that we can, it's there. It's still within us. It never goes away. We just put the brakes on and we don't yep. let it come out. So another thing you can think about is what did you used to dream about doing when you were younger, but maybe you didn't have the, the time and the resources at the time. So I'll use an example for myself. One is I always wanted to learn how to play guitar, right? And so when I was in my twenties, I bought a bunch of guitars. I tried to self-train, but I was too self-critical to actually follow through with the regimen and everything else. And so it was a problem and I put it away, sold most of the guitars. I still have one. And so as I grew older, I said, okay, you know what? This is still a part of me. I still want to do this now performing on stage or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it might happen, but that's not the point. The point is to do it for the sake of, I just enjoy it. But here's a, here's another one. So this one happened for me recently too. Back in, in 2020, there was a, uh, a quote unquote game that came out Microsoft flight simulator 2020. And one of my friends bought it for me for my birthday. And I don't know how my best friend. So I guess he, he knows, I don't know how he knew I would, I would enjoy this so much, but basically what they did in that game was they used satellite images to scan the whole earth and then used artificial intelligence to make those images three-dimensional so that they could make a 3d model of the entire earth. And then they went in and hand rendered a whole bunch of different cities and they can, they're continuing to do that now. So what that means is that you can fly anywhere in the world in that game, right? You can get in the cockpit and fly anywhere. And when I was a kid, that was one of my fascinations. Like I wanted to learn how to fly. Right. And I thought, ah, when am I ever going to do that? Well, that's on my short term goal list in the coming, uh, coming year or two. I have a few other priorities up front, but it is going to happen where, you know what? That's something I used to fa be fascinated by as a kid. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take flying lessons. It's, it's very time consuming. It's an expensive hobby. And I don't care because my heart sings when I think about just getting up and I took a, a, one of those discovery flights and I got to be behind the stick and, and fly. And I said, this is so liberating. It's so cool. Definitely going to be something. So what are those things that you used to think about when you were a kid that you could go try now, at least give it a shot, right? Maybe you try it and you're like, you know what? This is actually not for me. It doesn't light me up, but try different things to see what would light you up. Now the final framework, and I'll tell you this, you know, personally, I've been through enough in my life that I'm not afraid of emotional pain. I'm not asking <laughs> for tragedy, right? But I do know that whenever pain happens, I'll be able to handle it. I'll navigate it. It'll take its time, but I'll navigate it, find meaning in it. But there's one thing that scares me. It's not death. It's not a, it's regret. I don't want to wake up one day when I'm 92 years old and look back on my life and say, what if, what if I had talked to that person? What if I had tried that hobby? What if I had, I don't want to regret anything. So while we have this moment, and especially if we have more time after retirement, give it a shot, 
you don't want to get to a point where you ever look back and regret, right? So think about what you might regret and just go do those things. Try them out. Because after you try them, you might be like, okay, that, that actually is not for me. <laughs> but you might find, you know what? I've never felt this alive before. And that's what you're after. Man, you, you should have had your motivational music on while you were talking about that. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do, do you have anything else to add to the, the retirement stuff? I mean, you said a lot in the last episode. That, that wraps up a lot right there. I, I think that's perfect well, for a lot of what folks. I would, what, I would, what I would ask you know, anyone listening to this who's, who's approaching retirement or just started retirement or maybe deeply in retirement and looking to shake things up, send your questions in to Dave. And maybe we can do a like a full on Q and A episode, but I want I want to be able to answer your direct questions. So yeah, I think that would be a, a fun thing to do. That's an awesome idea. And we, well, now that you said that, it's going to happen. So we, we'll have to we'll have to schedule that. So we'll, we'll get some questions. All right, for, for the uh, the sake of time, because I can listen to you talk about this stuff all day. We are into the new year, twenty twenty three. Well, we're recording this in December of twenty twenty two, but by the time this comes out, it will be after the new year. And we just had a New Year's resolution episode come out and we talked about financial New Year's resolutions. And we know I've been doing this long enough and obviously we're, we're, we're just people and we make our own resolutions and sometimes you stick to it and sometimes you don't. And I could give you my own personal stories on sticking to things as well, but I'd rather hear you talk than me about two, really the two things I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And one is why why don't people stick to their New Year's resolution or any resolution? It doesn't have to be New Year's, but since the time of the year, New Year's resolution. And then second, like, what are some easy tips to try to get through it and make it that habit? Absolutely. Great question. And definitely something that I have had repeated experience failing at in life, as many of us have had. And I think part of it is also just like, you know, we're conditioned to think, yeah, New Year, new me. And January 4th, it's over, right? And so it took a complete reimagining of who I am, uh, plus integrating, obviously, the things learned in medicine and, and psychology and everything else. But here's what I find has worked really well for, for my clients and, and myself. So this is me as a human being sharing this with you as well, not just somebody that... Uh, that helps people follow through on their, uh, get out of their own way and, and do the things that they say they want to do and become the person they want to be. So here's the really important thing to understand. You know, if you're listening to this now and maybe, maybe you haven't followed through on your resolutions, maybe it's over. One thing to understand is, and this is before I get into the, the six points that I'm going to bring up. See what I did there? Nice. <laughs> nice. This is point zero, so it doesn't count as a six, but New Year's. The day, a new beginning. This is an artificial construct. It doesn't exist in nature, right? This is a human construct. Every single day, every single moment can be your inflection point. You don't ever have to wait for a specific moment to change your life. It can be right now. So that will be something that, uh, you know, it will, will serve you really well if you can really internalize that. So what I would, uh, what I would start with is this understanding what, what, what drives us, right? What actually drives us. So if you are not driving right now, while you're listening, feel free to sit somewhere, close your eyes to visualize this part. If you are driving, don't close your eyes, please. <laughs> you can still try to visualize this, but, but, but pay attention to what you're doing. So number one is understanding our, our driving factors. So when we're looking at new years, right, we want a new outcome. So this is point one, we want a new outcome. So imagine a clock and at the six o'clock position, the word outcome. So at the six o'clock position, right at the bottom outcome, we want a new outcome in life new results, whether that's, I want to lose weight. I want to get healthier. I want to uh, change my mindset. I want to get into a new routine. I want it, whatever it is, right? We want new outcomes. So let's just use the common one about, I want to start losing weight. So at six o'clock, you want new outcomes. So what drives Dave, what are the things that create new outcomes in life? If you take a, if you get a result, something has to lead to the result. Right, right. You have yeah. to take a, a, a step, some action, 
an action, I'm, right? I'm a process and a systems guy. I develop yeah. that and get to the outcome. <laughs> That's right. You have to, you take, you take actions that are going to lead to results. So imagine the word action at the two o'clock position and draw an arrow from action to result to action to outcome from two to six, right? Because every action leads to an outcome. Every action leads to an outcome. And so if we want the outcome to be, I want to lose weight as my new year's resolution, then what do most people do? We, we go to the gym, we, we change our diet or whatever else we do a challenge. And so we always try to take a new action to get to new outcome. How well has that been working for us? It, not, not, yeah, it's not very sustainable, yeah. right? Because at some point, because there's only so much willpower we have. There's only so much willpower we have. So instead of thinking about, okay, I'm going to force this action, which is against the environmental factors, against the belief systems that I have, right? We got to go one level deeper. So every action is motivated by a belief. So now imagine the word belief at the 10 o'clock position and draw an arrow from belief to action. Okay, so you have belief at the 10 o'clock, arrow to the two o'clock, the word action, and every action arrow to the six o'clock position, outcome. A, every belief leads to an action. We're always going to take actions most consistent with who we believe we are. If we believe that we are a good human being, we are not going to cheat another human being. If we believe that hard work is important, the action we're gonna take is always hard work. We're always going to take action, both conscious and unconscious, consistent with who we believe we are. So we take, so our beliefs lead to our actions, our actions lead to our outcomes, and then the outcomes reinforce the beliefs. So now draw an arrow from, number, from the six o'clock to the 10 o'clock, from outcomes to beliefs. And now we have a cycle, belief, action, outcome, back to belief. It's a cycle, okay? And so the problem that most people run into and that I ran into for years with New Year's resolutions is that we start with creating a new action, but that action is not consistent with the belief. So instead of starting with a new action, we need to start with a new belief, okay? So if we believe, you know what, oh man, New Year's resolution. I can never lose weight, but I am going to do it this year. I'm going to take new action. And by January 4th, it's over, right? We're not going to the gym. The diet's falling off, right? All of those things. Why? Because we have this belief system that I always fail at changing my diet. I always fail at sticking to the gym. So when we get the outcome by January 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, whatever it is that we're not sticking to it, now it reinforces that belief that I always fail at this. I'm not a healthy person, but I'm not good enough at this. And so because that, and then it just reinforces that now next year comes around, now that belief cycle is even stronger. So where you have to start is actually creating a new belief system about yourself that I'm a healthy person. I am a healthy person. Now you might say, well, Dr. K, I don't have evidence to support this. I know. That's okay. That's what points two through six are going to be about, right? <laughs> so, but this is, this lays the groundwork. Let's start with a new mentality, a new belief system. I am a healthy person because if you're a healthy person, what are the actions that you're going to take? What are some of the actions that we would take, Dave, if we're a healthy person? Well, I, I know this from, I, I was going to ask you about this anyway. The I think we've all we've all had a New Year's resolution. I'm gonna get in shape this year. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna look good. I want to feel good. And for me personally, I can tell you, I don't know when it was, maybe three or four years ago. I was always an athlete growing up and in sports and athletic and in decent shape. And then I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like you see that picture of yourself or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like I saw and I don't know what I don't even remember which picture it was or whatever, but I'm like, that doesn't look like me or what I think I should should look like or feel right. like, right? Yeah. Um, so what drove me, and I wanted to ask you about this, and it, it leads into your question on what the action is. Um, I don't know if it was a belief or like I was just mad. Like I was mad enough to like stick to it 
Yeah. So, and, and I've stuck to it since. So it wasn't a thing that I did and then gave up on. It was like, I got mad about it, whatever it was. And this could be financial. It could be all yeah. sorts of different things. Um, I'm, we're just talking about the, the getting in good physical fitness right now or in good shape and feeling healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got mad. And then the second step was uh, because I, maybe, maybe that's the belief, right? The second step was I, I made a plan. I got some help on it. We made a nutrition plan, a meal plan, and a, a fitness plan. And the real thing for me, and this is just the way I operate, I guess, is it went in the calendar and I just did the thing. Yeah. And then I sometimes had to add, because no matter what anybody says, if they're in the greatest shape in the world, they don't feel like doing what they're supposed to do every single time they do it. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Even the most fit people are not motivated every single day to go do what they're supposed to do. So, um, right. And I'd stick to it. And I, I would add like extreme accountability. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, if I don't do this, I need to donate $5,000 to my least favorite political candidate. <laughs> and yep. here's my evidence or yeah, something like a, that, right? It's strong. So, yeah. I, I would add like uh, yeah, extreme strong accountability in the middle. There. So, yeah, to answer yeah. your question, I I, I got mad. I, I made a, made made the plan. I sought some help and then and then was able to stick to it. Right. And so fundamentally what happened there is so we have every every system in nature every organism in nature does what is necessary to survive and no more because to do more means utilizing energy and out in nature energy is scarce imagine if you had to harvest your own food. you can't no agriculture right you're not growing your own food you have to go out there and pick wild berries and fruits and 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 greens and go slaughter your own animals and everything else and imagine how much energy that would take so all of nature's systems are designed to conserve energy for survival that includes us as well that's what we're wired for so when you look at the human body and you think about the heart you know, it's been pumping since before you were born, never took a break, right? Your, your diaphragm for your lungs has been breathing your whole life, except when you consciously stop breathing to hold your breath to go underwater or something like that. Your digestion uses a tremendous amount of energy every day. All that peristalsis, you know, your 25 to 30 feet of intestines that are constantly churning, right? Your stomach, your skeletal muscles, your muscles that move your body right? All this energy that's being spent. And yet the one organ that utilizes the most energy in your body is your brain. Your brain uses 20% of your body's energy just to go on autopilot. So anytime that you're trying to use willpower, you're going against nature's nature's way of being because your, your brain is trying to decide, okay, do I really want to commit 100 calories to making this decision? No. Right. That's why when we have all these pieces of information that come our way, if it doesn't fit our view of the world, we throw it out. And you see this all the time with people in their political views. Right. Instead of actually being able to truly listen to somebody and, and you know, and it's, it's not their fault. It's just how we're wired. Right. So it takes a conscious effort to put in the energy to make that change. So nature systems are designed to do what is necessary. And yet change still does happen. How? We change when it hurts enough. So when you looked at that picture and you said, no, 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 no. It's not just the outcome that you didn't want your physical shape at that point. It was more of a philosophy of this is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to stand for. This is below my standards, right? And so it hurt enough. And so you created a plan and accountability and everything to move forward with that. And that actually flows perfectly into point number two. So point number two is this framework. Imagine that you are, you know, you have a great friend that you haven't seen in many years. They're coming into town and you want to take them to the best restaurant in what's okay, Dave, in your case, Rochester, right? So if you want to give your friend that you haven't seen in a long time and you want to give them the best dining experience, where would you take them in Rochester? I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> I'd take them to the local diner, man. 
Yeah, the local <laughs> diner. Okay, they good. They have good service there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So they got good service there. You want to give them the greatest experience. Now your your expectations are pretty high, right? You want you want this to be the like a great experience for them. So uh, they you know the uh, the waiter comes over, gets the order on top of things. Great recommendations. Hey, I'm only in town for three days. Like, what's the best thing you got on your menu? Got the you know this is my favorite, but this is the most popular. I would recommend this and this and awesome, right? The water is filled before you even think about it, right? They they come in and check on you, but not in the middle of a conversation. They seem to just know the right spot. It's just phenomenal experience. Your expectations were really high, and they exceeded your expectations. So now, how do you feel? I, I feel proud. You feel proud, right? You feel yep. good. Yep. Positive emotions. Yep. Now let's say, poor waiter's having a rough day, right? It's just one of those days. So you're, you're trying to lay out the red carpet for your friend, right? But late to get the order, order was messed up, ended up spilling a drink on your, your guest, your friend, right? <laughs> your expectations are really high and now everything has gone wrong. How do you feel? Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little embarrassed, yeah, upset, embarrassed, upset, take right? somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's difficult. And so you, you feel negative emotions. So if the service was exceeded your high expectations, you're happy. If they fell below your high expectations, you feel upset. All these negative emotions. What is the problem with this situation? A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. I think the problem is that we're setting expectations that there's no middle ground, maybe? It, essentially, yeah, you're, you're getting to it. Like, basically, these are factors outside of our control. Right. And yet our emotional response is tied to factors that are outside of our control. So the key to joy in life is to lower our expectations. If you lower your expectations, however things play out, you're going to be able to find an outcome or make the best of a situation, even if it's not so great. Because if you're angry, you're not going to be able to think about, well, let me listen to my friend and see, maybe they're not as upset about this as I am. And maybe we could joke about it and say, I'm really sorry. I can't believe, you know, we come here a thousand times. Everything's phenomenal. I promise you, but at least the food will be good. Whatever, right? You're, you, right. you're open to different things, but if you're angry, you just can't think clearly. Yeah. So that's, we lower our expectations. Now that might go against the fiber of every fiber in, in somebody's being who's like a high achieving individual who wants to live a purposeful life, right? An impactful life. And to that, I say there's another framework, which is your standards. So your, if expectations drive how you feel in response to a situation, expectations drive how you feel emotionally in response to a situation, standards dictate what you will and will not tolerate going forward, okay? So standards dictate what you will and will not tolerate going forward. So raise your standards, lower your expectations, raise your standards. Because let's say, okay, the next time you take somebody to that, to that diner and uh, let's say it's, it's again, not good, different waiter, not good. Now all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, should I talk to the owner? Is something going on here? Or maybe I don't come back here right? Maybe I go somewhere else. Maybe I go to the steakhouse, whatever, right? And so, so you would say that's your, your standards are such that you wouldn't, but this is what ends up happening, especially around new year's resolutions. If we're hard on ourselves. And again, we've, we have a belief cycle in the past years of failing at resolutions. So we're, we're ready to just pounce on ourselves emotionally. Right? So our expectations are super high. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to, you know, expectations are super high but the standards are really low because what do we tolerate? We tolerate being mean to ourselves. We tolerate the frustration. We tolerate giving ourselves a way out, right? 
we subconsciously are sabotaging ourselves by not creating a plan, not creating the structure, not putting it on our calendar, not putting these environmental motivational factors to drive the behavior that we do want. Our standards are low. So instead, flip that, lower your expectations, raise your standards. Maybe the expectation is, okay, you know what? I got sick. What if, what if on January 6th, you got the flu and you can't go to the gym? You have to rest and recover. I know in the past when that happened to me, I would be hard on myself. Look, you failed again. But the reality is like, you got sick. You got you to gotta heal up, right? Yep. If your expectations are low, you say, okay, you know what? This happened. What am I going to do? But I'm going to give myself some credit because up until this point, I have been going. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on healing up. My standards are high. I'm going to treat myself nicely, hydrate, rest, take days off from work, whatever you need to do to get healthy. Get back to it afterward. When, we, when we're creating a habit and we fall out of the habit, let's say you're eating at a very high level, high nutritional excellence, and then one day you go out with your friends and it's not so great, the food that you take in, right? <laughs> it's usually not behaviorally. It's not that first meal that messes with you. It's a second one because now you created a new pattern. So if you can go and enjoy that, hey, it's it's my buddy's birthday. We're going to have some fun. But I'm not going to go to the next level the next day and say, ah, what the hell? I'll just eat whatever today. I'll get back on it on Monday. It's not going to happen. You raise your standards to say, I am going to commit myself to this vision of the person that I'm striving to be. So lower your expectations, raise your standards for yourself. Love it. So one way that we can create a new belief system and raise our standards, and this ties into number three, this is morning routine. So anybody that's listening, if your phone is your alarm clock, okay, if your phone is your alarm clock in the morning, think about how we utilize that device. We go to bed at night, might be looking at our phone. First of all, it's, it's activating our brain. We're not resting. We're not easing into rest. The blue light, even with, with the night shift and everything else, the blue light blocking, there is still an effect. It's affecting our melatonin production, which is our stay asleep hormone. And okay, so maybe that, that sets us up for a poor night of sleep. We, we start, uh, you know, we, we, we plug in the phone to charge at our nightstand. In the middle of the night, we get up to go to the bathroom, right? You come back and what happens? Let me just check the I know it's 2 a.m., but what if someone texted me? You know, what if I got an email? Nobody's texting you. So they shouldn't be. If they are, they can wait till the morning. But we do it anyway, right? Yep. And so now we don't fall asleep as quickly. Disrupts our night of sleep. But then the morning comes around. Alarm rings. We're just haphazardly hitting the face of our phone, trying to turn, turn it off or snooze it or whatever. And then what happens? Your phone's in your hand, right? Oh, let me see. I guess I could get on Facebook or Instagram, or TikTok or whatever. And I'm I, look, I'm saying this all the love in my heart. I was doing this for a long time until one day I just had to snap out of it. Yeah. This is after I had all the training and stuff too. We're human beings, right? We don't even realize what we're doing until it's pointed out to us sometimes. And it just hit me one day. I was like, wait a second. It's been 30 minutes and my feet haven't even hit the ground. And I've been on my phone. It's ridiculous right? So here's the thing. You put your phone in another room at night, charge it in another room. When you wake up in the, first of all, that's going to help your quality of sleep. When you wake up in the morning, it's really important to understand. So we have a circadian rhythm, a, a day night body clock uh, cycle. And one of the hormones that we have is a stress hormone. It's really an alertness hormone called cortisol. And it has a normal pattern of being higher in the morning and it trails off during the day. It makes sense. You want to be alert in the morning and you want to not be so alert when you're trying to go to sleep at night. So it gradually trails off, but it goes to the peak of its, of the day, about 30 minutes after you wake up. And in that 30 minutes, if you're on your phone, when your body is just getting alert and your mind is just getting connected with your body, you give enough control of your entire day. If you've been consuming the news or a social media post or whatever else in that first 30 minutes, you haven't even gotten a chance to connect with yourself. So instead, your phone's in another room, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you do your thing, and then create a routine that just inspires you, okay? 
whether that's journaling, whether that's sitting down to meditate or pray, right? Whether that's going for a walk, whether that's making a cup of tea, whether that's visualization of your day, whether that's going outside. One of the things I would highly recommend is getting some sunlight exposure in the morning. And you can stack some of these things too. You can sit outside while you journal. You can sit outside while you meditate, right? You can go for a walk while you listen to one of these podcasts. You can go outside, you know, but the key is that you are, if you do use your phone for any of those things, like listening to a podcast, make sure that you have all your notifications shut off. Do not disturb mode at night so that none of them show up in the morning when you turn on that phone and you have a routine of, okay, I'm only going to be getting into the podcast app, but staying away from all of those external things because your phone, your emails, your texts is someone else's agenda for you. You got to learn how to connect with yourself first. Yep. So once you connect with yourself first, and let me tell you this, if, if you're listening to this and you take nothing else from this episode, implement the morning routine. Yeah. You got your gym and everything else, your food that you want to do I get it. Right. But if you can connect with yourself every morning and not be in reactionary mode for the rest of the day, but rather live with intention because you started your day on the right, on the right track, promise you the, the, the impacts are going to last the entire day, day after day. So that morning routine, how long does it need to be? Does it need to be a full 30 minutes? No, it could be short, but I would, even if the routine is only 10 minutes, I would try to recommend not touching your phone for the first half hour after you wake up, then you can go to your phone, right? Dr. K, not to interrupt, but remember this is January in Rochester, New York. So going out for the walk and getting some sunlight might be a a struggle. (laughs) Okay. So believe it or not, believe it or not in Arizona, uh, even, even though we have the 115 degree summers, the highs in January, I'm sorry for all of you in Rochester, the listening, but the highs in January here are sometimes 70, 75, eighties, yeah, but yeah, but the lows can actually be in the thirties. And for us, uh, <laughs> this is, kind of, I used to be on the East coast. Okay. So I, yeah. I went to college in Ithaca. Like I, I know what it's like there. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I remember one time walking uphill to class at Cornell for about 45 minutes in minus 20 degree weather. <laughs> right. So I, but after living that took in a commitment and a belief system, Oh, that took a, I, I probably wouldn't go class and, oh, Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, that was, uh, no, actually, no, that was for, I, I had a job on campus and I needed the money, you oh, know, my, you my, my six bucks an hour, you know, there you go. But, uh, you know, like anyway, so I, uh, but here in Arizona, uh, we, we start breaking out the sweaters at 60 degrees. We're just not used to it anymore. Right. So when we get a, to us, 35 is frigid, still do it. So the bundle up and go. Cause you are going to still feel better. You're still going to feel better. And if you, if you put your coat and your gloves and your boots and everything else in a, in a nice pile, like yep. near your bed, uh, your, your bathroom, just so that it, it you remove the friction yep. to start your day, it can go a really long way, go a really long way. And then when the summer comes around and for us, when it's 90 degrees at 5 AM, <laughs> right. <laughs> then, uh, then you can tell me like, come on, Dr. K, you can go. For yeah, let's go. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it's when you're committed enough to it, you'll find a way and it, it, maybe it doesn't have to be as long. Right. But sometimes the, the more you do the routine, you can even do parts of it and you can get your mind in the right space, but it's that practice that doing it over and over again. So the morning routine, that's number three, number four. So beliefs drive our actions. And the other thing that drives our actions is our environment, right? What are the environmental factors? Just think about it. If you're around people that eat healthy all the time, are you really going to reach for the donut, right? If your kitchen doesn't have chocolate chip cookies in the pantry, right? And you made a rule for yourself. I am allowed to have chocolate chip cookies, no restrictions. However, we're not keeping them in the house. That's the standards. We're raising the standards. So you got to drive to the store, buy them, eat them, and they're not allowed in the house. Okay. You can do it, but there's now just enough friction that it's yeah, like, ah, I'm not going to do it all the time. That's right. yeah. yeah. You create friction or like in your case, you're, you're talking about the, uh, your accountability for the rule is the standard is that if I don't do this, you're allowed to not work out. You're allowed. Nobody's going to come after you. 
However, the rule is that you got to donate $5,000 to your least favorite political candidate. <laughs> that's an environmental factor that drives your behavior. Like, ah, okay, that's just, I don't know. I'm not doing that. So upgrading your environment means how can you set your space up and your circle of people up so that it encourages you living into the person that you're striving to be. That's how you stop needing willpower to follow through on your vision is by upgrading your environment. We are the average of the five people and ideas that we spend the most time with. And I get, you know, some, some people in your life you can cut out. Some people you can't because family or whatever, right? Yeah. But when we raise the standard for ourselves, it's also what we, what we take in. What are we absorbing through what we read and listen? What if you replaced the news with a podcast? Because I'll tell you this, I, I stopped following the news about 10 years ago. And I'm still aware of everything that's going on, yep. at least at a high level, right? And, at least, and certainly the things that affect me. And I'll dive in so that I can make an informed decision during elections and things like that. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I'd much rather listen to your podcast, Dave. Oh, thanks. Right? Like that's, that's <laughs> a environmental factor that moves me in the direction of the person that I want to be. And that's what I would encourage you to do uh, if you're listening to this uh, today. How can you upgrade your environment? That's number four. How do you upgrade your environment to, to facilitate you becoming the person that you want to be? Does that make sense? I, totally. I, I love it and completely agree. I'm trying not to interrupt. I could give you all my personal examples, but I'm, I'm not going to do it right now. The, <laughs> but I do. I did learn a while ago before my my kids were born. I, I got rid of the phone. I put the alarm clock on the other side of the room back when I needed it. We have a little guy now that there's no reason to need an alarm clock. He's he's just fine waking <laughs> yeah. me up. So yeah. um, so I we don't need the alarm clock. But even uh, getting the gym bag ready the night before, mm -hmm. if it's oh, already yeah. ready. And I learned in Rochester, again, don't put it in the car because then your clothes are cold. I don't want to yep. create that friction. Ooh, so yeah, there you leave go. it right in the there kitchen by the keys, but it's already packed. It's ready. I pick it up. Put it and by the go. space heater so it's nice and warm. You're like, that's right. That's good. right. Yeah. Now that they're warm and I want to put them on, right? That's a great um, idea. Okay. But yeah, I, I've, I've tried all that, that stuff. <laughs> including the news. Like yeah. going back to the original thing you said, it's, it's stuff mostly outside of your control and it can drive you crazy. Yeah. And I, I didn't want anything to do with the news, so I, I've been able to pretty much do what you you've done and eliminate that unless it affects my job or my clients or my family. Right. Um, right. And if there's an emergency, you'll hear about it. You'll hear about you it. You stop watching the news. You'll, you'll, you'll still figure you'll hear you'll if it's bad enough. Right. You'll know. Yeah. Cause that one random time that you go on social media, it'll be all over there anyway. That's you know? right. That's or right. Or you'll hear about it. Somebody will say something and you'll be like, Oh wait, tell me a little bit more. Oh, have you, did you know about this? Like, okay, then I'll look, I'll look. That's right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, and the people around me know that I don't, Cause it's, so they, they, it's almost like since you set things up that way, the one person who does receive information that, Hey, we probably want to pay attention to such and such. We'll pay attention and certainly we'll go and seek out the news that, you know, like for instance, in, in your role, you need to know what the fed's doing, right. As an example, exactly, right. Yeah. You need to know what the, what the, um, you, you know, the labor numbers are and, and all these things. But you can go seek those out. You can have them sent to you, right? Uh, things exactly like what we do, you know. And and yep. one of the things that I do also to 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 curate what comes into my mind and not let the algorithms handle it is one of the the, the one thing I like about uh, Twitter, at least in its current form, compared to other social media outlets, is that I can follow certain accounts, and my timeline is always going to show every tweet from those accounts. And it's not going to be curated by the algorithm to say, okay, you might want to see this. I'm going to suppress this one for you because, you know, that post didn't get enough engagement. So we're not going to waste your time with it. Yeah, but maybe I wanted to see that one, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm the one out of a hundred people that wants to see that. And so that's helpful too. So, you know, you can, you can craft your environment to, to uh, facilitate that. All right. So number five is <clears throat> here's, here's also, this ties into belief systems. And I, I love that you gave the example about how you were motivated by that picture, right? Because as somebody that was formerly, I can safely say this, the most self-critical person I've ever met 
And I was told this by somebody that is in the mental health field too, that of all the people that she had seen as patients lovingly, she said, you're really hard on yourself more than anyone I've worked with. And so, I mean, it was a deep level of self-loathing that I had to overcome. That's a whole different podcast episode maybe, but if you want to hear that, let us know. Um, So when you're driven by it, it, like I'm a perfectionist. If I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. That's that's the operation that I used to live by. That is motivated by a belief system of I'm not good enough. What are the circumstances that were in our past growing up wanting to be, you know, wanting to make a parent, both parents proud, right? Or maybe we were seeking love in a way that we didn't receive in a certain way, right? As we were younger and that drove us to work harder. And so that did lead to a lot of career success or any of those other things. However, it was motivated by, I'm not good enough. So you could drive yourself to work out or eat better from a place of I'm not good enough. But let me tell you this, I lost a hundred pounds years ago. I lost a hundred pounds and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I find that little patch of fat in my lower ab- abdomen, right? Totally. And I'm like, I, I can't go swimming. I can't take my shirt off in public. It's not good enough. I lost a hundred pounds and it wasn't good enough. I had to fix my belief system about who I was, what I stood for, right? I was driven by this is not good enough. So number five, instead of being driven by I'm not good enough belief system, you are enough. Try it on. Just imagine that it's a coat, okay? I, through your phone that you're, or whatever you're listening to this, I am sticking out my hand with this imaginary coat and it's the I am enough coat. You can try it on. You wear it. If anytime you wear it, you are enough. If you don't like it, you can dispose of it in a week. You don't even have to give it back to me. You just throw it in the trash, right? Try it on for one week. And anything that comes up, where you're driven internally by I'm not good enough, or I feel self-doubt or self-criticism, you're hard on yourself, say, oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. If I am enough, if this were true, how would I handle this situation, okay? So if you feel like you are enough, you might wonder, wait, if I am enough, okay, I could see myself, if I feel good enough, maybe I'll, I'll go to the gym, but would that give me the same drive? And for that, I say, be content and never satisfied. What I mean by that is this, you are enough. This moment right now, focus on what you're grateful for. What do you have in your life that's beautiful? Whether it's your family, your, your friends, your career, your purpose, like your, your, your communities, you know, uh, organizations, your part, whatever it is, right? How are you blessed in this moment? If, if this were it for our lives, at any given point in time, because we never know when our day's coming, right? If at that last moment, you could say, I lived a good life. That means right now, you'd be in that moment, I'm living a good life. Every moment, you're content and you're never satisfied. Meaning, when you know I am enough, when you know I can be a force for good in, in, with the people around me, that is the powerful unlock to say, that you can make all the changes that you want in this world. So if you are the the best version of yourself and you're always seeking to grow, you can be content in every moment and never satisfied, always pushing forward. Not because you're not good enough. Yes, you are good enough. Because you're here for a reason. And what is that reason? push forward. When you operate from that regard, right? Your New Year's resolutions like eating better, things like that. It not it doesn't become about, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to look good, things like that. It's about this body is a vehicle for this purpose that I have in this world. And for me to operate at the highest level, right? In that purpose, this machine, this body and mind need to operate at the full capacity. And so I got to train it, tune it because you're living in purpose. Yeah, man, that's, that's so good. So Dave, I got point number six. You ready for it? Sure. 
No, no, no. Dave, 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 Dave. Are you ready for it? <laughs> yes. Let's All go. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Look, I get it. You're here at this moment. It's 2023. You want to grow. You want to feel better. You want to look better. You want to hit your goals. And every time we start this process, new year, new me, it just feels like we're setting ourselves up for a disappointment. But I'm telling you something, it doesn't have to be that way because there is a different way. Start with a new belief of who you are. Believe that you are enough, okay? Believe that you are healthy. Believe that you are a force for good in this world because you are. You are here for a reason. And when you live into that purpose, it becomes so much easier to take the actions that are consistent with the person that you want to be. So lower your expectations, raise your standards, start your day on your terms with a morning routine that's going to help you live into that purpose. And then upgrade your environment. Remember, you are the average of the five people and ideas that you spend the most time with. The people that you spend the most time with, the time, the attention, your two non-renewable resources, make them count because you are in charge of your outcomes in life. You are the one that is capable of making the change that you wish to see in this world. So upgrade your environment. Be content. Find the contentment in the gratitude of who you are right now and never be satisfied. And ultimately, just remember, stop chasing joy. Begin living in wonder. I believe in your greatness. Folks, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.